0: Hello and welcome. This is Camille Brooks. I love to help people discover how they can find more joy and peace in their personal lives, marriage and family, and help them discover that their sorrows can bring out the glory within them. Today's podcast is from the series Joy in Heroes, stories of heroes that inspire us to persevere and do hard things. Welcome to our podcast, Not an Ordinary Woman. This is the first podcast in the series Joy in Heroes. I wanted to start with the hero that inspired the creation of these podcasts, and the website FindingJoyAndPeace.com. Amanda Neff Bagley was my great-grandmother. I never met her, but I have felt her presence in my life. I have gotten to know a little about her through the writings of her son-in-law, my grandfather, Irvin T. Nelson. Grandpa wrote a small book about Amanda as a tribute because he considered her to be one of the greatest women he had ever known. Pretty cool for a son-in-law to say that about his mother-in-law. I would like to share some of the things my grandfather said about Amanda so you can begin to see why she was no ordinary woman. Grandpa said, What was it that made people love her so much? She loved more deeply, more sensitive feelings, more godlike. The problems and troubles and sorrow she had had opened up the spaces of her heart and let the glory out. She could understand them. She was thus capable of being a better friend and neighbor. Her love was not that of an ordinary woman, but it was deep and abiding, moving and enduring. It has occurred to me at times that Amanda felt other people's sorrow more than they felt it themselves. That was the way she was. Close quote I have been touched deeply by Amanda's extraordinary ability to love people and how her sorrows opened up the spaces of her heart and enabled her to love others so deeply and godlike. Because each one of us is a child of God and we have God's glory within us, He allows us to go through trying and refining experiences so that the spaces of our hearts. Can be opened, and then we too can discover the glory within us, just as Amanda did. It is this insight from her life that has inspired the podcast series, Sorrow Let's the Glory Out. Today, to begin our podcast series, Joy and Heroes, I am pleased to have as my guest, my father, Tom Nelson. He is a certified public accountant and emeritus professor in the School of Accounting at the University of Utah. He has been honored locally and nationally for his achievements in both the academic and accounting professions. He has also touched the lives of others for good with a life of voluntary service in his church, community, and even nationally and internationally. By serving on more than one board or organization at a time, He's accumulated over a hundred years of pro bono leadership experience. He's now in his 88th year and still actively serving the board of four nonprofit organizations. As we listen to my father's experiences with this extraordinary woman, his grandmother, we will discover why Amanda was no ordinary woman and why her life inspired others to to persevere and do hard things. Dad, tell us about your grandmother, Amanda Neff Bagley.
1: I think my grandmother was the best grandma that ever lived. She was a short, stout, jolly lady and looked a lot like Mrs. Santa Claus. I think I was her favorite grandchild but I've learned as an adult that some of my cousins had the impression that they also thought they were your favorite. I guess she never told them about me. Our home was located on grandpa's farm, so we lived next door. To a country boy, next door meant the closest house, even if it was two or more city blocks away, with fields of grain in between. It was grandpa's farm but it was grandma's home. The front door faced the street and was only used as an entrance for guests. Family always entered by way of a large screened back porch that opened directly into the kitchen.
0: What is your favorite memory of your grandmother?
1: Well, my favorite memory was visiting grandmother's house almost every day to get a special treat. I think Grandma's favorite room must have been her kitchen, as I don't recall ever walking through the kitchen door that I did not see Grandma standing in front of a coal stove with an apron tied around her waist. There were always several loaves of fresh bread on the counter at the top of the stove. Grandmother would say, would you boys like a piece a piece was a thick slice of warm bread with a liberal coat of homemade jam on top. To this day, I have never tasted anything better than that piece from Grandma's pants.
0: Wow, I would like a piece. <laughs> it was said of Amanda that the pattern of her life was to be cheerful. She radiated the spirit of sunshine No one could ever be in the dumps in her presence. Was that your perception as well? Did she ever get mad at you for getting into mischief?
1: Oh, no. I never even thought about mischief when I was around Grandma. Mischief was only something you did when you were bored, and no one was ever bored at Grandma's house. I do remember one of Grandma's sayings, It was something about boys doing chores that I never figured out just what she meant. The saying was, one boy makes one boy, two boys make a half a boy, and three boys make nothing at all.
0: I love that. As a mother, I understand her saying, you said you thought you were her favorite child. Did she tell you that she loved you?
1: No, the word love was never spoken by my grandmother or any other person when i was a child that was a mushy word that was only seen in movies and once a year on valentine's day love was something you felt and observed it was hugs it was the sparkle in her eyes her smile
0: Apparently, school was important to your grandmother. Can you tell us something about that?
1: <clears throat> My grandmother also went to school for a long time. It reminds me of the story of the boy that went to school the first day and came home, and his mother said, "How did, what did you learn in school today? And he said, not much, I guess. I've got to go back again tomorrow. Well, my mother, grandmother, went to school for a long time. She even graduated from a university and was very smart. She loved music and art. In fact, I have one of her paintings hanging in my home. It is a painting of baby Jesus and his mother Mary. Jesus was a dear friend of grandma, and she knew all about him. In fact, I learned more about Jesus and what he wanted us to do from watching my grandma than I did from attending Sunday school. I think grandma was a lot like Jesus.
0: That's so beautiful. I think she was a lot like Jesus, too. That's one of the reasons she's my hero. You also mentioned that your grandmother was a graduate of a university Was that common at the time?
1: Uh, No. In fact, only 3% of the population graduated from high school in 1890, and 13% of the U.S. population were actually illiterate. It was especially unusual for a woman to get higher education. The story is told of colonist Brigham Young, once being asked what he would do if he had to choose between providing education for his sons or for his daughters. He replied that he would would educate his daughters because they would become the mothers of his grandchildren. He added, you educate a man, you educate a man. You educate a woman, you educate a generation.
0: I love that. I agree with President Brigham Young, just like you can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. Likewise, we can't count the effects of the teachings of a mother. That's something I've really admired about Amanda is her determination to get an education in her day. It was such an unusual thing for a woman. What a great accomplishment. You mentioned you grew up on a farm. Where was that, and what was life
1: like? We lived in a tiny community named Cottonwood in Utah, where life was tough and nearly everyone lived or worked on a farm. My grandmother's parents were pioneers that came to Utah in the late 1840s and early 1850s. Her father built the first grist mill in Utah in the nearby community of East Mill Creek. She was born in 1867 and married my grandfather in 1889. Grandfather built a home and went into the dairy business, and that is the farm I referred to earlier. My mother was born at that home. She was born in the home not in a hospital, and probably without a doctor nearby. That was one of the problems of living in the country at the time. Large cities had a hospital and doctors readily available, but there were no hospitals in rural America, and usually only one country doctor who had to travel by horse-drawn carriage many miles. There were no telephones to fetch the doctor. Many newborn children died within their first year of life, and all too often the mother died from complications from childbirth. Amanda lost one of her children at birth and another at just age two. Amanda was determined to do something about this. She was the Relief Society president of a large area of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, She located a home, successfully raised the money to buy it, and converted it into a maternity home. The women in the Relief Society organization served as volunteer nurses and caregivers, and doctors were able to practice there without charge.
0: That is so neat. You said your home was on the family property. So you were also born out in the country?
1: Yes, I was even born in the Cottonwood Maternity Home and can thank Grandma for the fact that my mother also lived to raise me. In fact, the first picture I have of me is a photo of a group of mothers holding their babies standing in front of the Cottonwood Maternity Home. And my mother is holding me. The occasion was the 10th anniversary of the maternity home, and they were celebrating the 1,000th birth that had occurred in the 10-year period that the maternity home had existed. Not a single baby or mother had been lost in that initial 10-year period.
0: Wow, that is pretty impressive statistics. This is a great example of how her sorrow of watching so many die in childbirth allowed the glory to come out and bless so many other women. It is so neat to see that trials can become opportunities to learn from and turn to help others. What happened to the maternity home? Is it still in use today?
1: Yes, but it is not the same building, nor does it have the same name. It was converted into a full-fledged hospital with a large addition to the building a decade or so after I was born and named the Cottonwood Hospital. Then, about the time you were born, a new Cottonwood Hospital was built nearby, and it became the largest hospital in the area. In 2007, a new Cottonwood Hospital was built and named the Inter Mountain Medical Center and is now the largest hospital in the state with over 500 beds and serves four other western states. That
0: is so neat that it all started with her own sorrow of losing her own children and then watching her friends pass away and turning it to the good of others and helping to build a beautiful hospital that is still going. That is so neat. Tell us about your grandmother's friends.
1: Well, Grandma always seemed to be happy. And so when you mention the word sorrow or sadness, I don't associate that with Grandma because she she had lots of friends to come visit her. It's funny, but as I recall, many of them seemed to be sad. And sometimes they were crying when they arrived. That is the first time I knew that adults could cry. But the strange thing was that when they left, they always seemed happy as they carried a jar of grandma's homemade jam with them. I knew that jam made little boys happy, but I was surprised that adults liked it so much. Maybe it wasn't just the jam, because visitors often stayed quite a while. I guess Grandma knew a lot about a lot of good jokes, because they always seemed to be happy when they left.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Oh, as you think of that as an adult, What do you think made your grandmother so pleasant and happy?
1: It was the fact that they knew their friend and savior, Jesus Christ, and they followed his teachings and example. That is not something they did. It was who they were. Their lives were full of hardships and trials, but they lost their worries and difficulties in serving others and in doing so found joy.
0: That's a takeaway that our listeners can take home with them today is that as we forget ourselves in the service of others, our trials and hardships are lightened so light that we almost forget them. In closing, I would like to share how Amanda's example inspired me to persevere and do hard things. Her life has been the wind beneath my wings, inspiring me to persevere and do many hard things, such as creating the website, finding joy and peace, and creating these podcasts and posts for it. This has been one of the hardest things I have ever done. More importantly, though, she has given me a Christ-like example to follow. I know that if her sorrows could help her become more like the Savior, mine can, too, and hope that someday— It could also be said of me as well. Her love was not that of an ordinary woman, but it was deep and abiding, moving and enduring. I hope you will join us next time. For more inspiration, join me at FindingJoyAndPeace.com. Until then, thank you for listening. May God bless you as you strive to create more joy and peace in your homes and in the world around you.